you have a question about your home? Call Ken the Contractor. I've got a question about a roof. Is it possible for just part of the roof to be peeled off and re-shingled only about a 10-foot section and blended in with the other roof rather than having to do the whole roof again? I have a need for an electrical heater for our basement room, and it's only used several times a year. Could you discuss uh, electrical space heaters? My husband and I are hanging a lighting fixture, and we're trying to take the old fixture down. I was wondering if it's safe to cut the wires with scissors on the electrical Electricity is turned off completely to the room that we're working on. Do you have a question about your home? Call Ken the Contractor. Hi, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of Ken the Contractor. Along with Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor, I'm Jabrit. And this week, Ken joins us from Las Vegas. That's the site of the National Home Builders Association International Builders Show. He'll be talking to some interesting folks this hour, talking about some of the newest and most important developments in remodeling and building over the course of the program this week. And also, he'll be talking to a lot of other folks, and we'll be hearing those interviews throughout the course of upcoming weeks right here with Ken the Contractor. Don't forget, if you want to talk to Ken, you can always reach him at 800-614-2975, or you can email your questions to KenTheContractor.com. Let's join Ken right now in Vegas. Many of you hear throughout the year, not only from me, but from others, and perhaps from your builders, designers, and architects about this thing called the International Builder Show. They're celebrating almost 70 years putting on this show, and I realize that as consumers, you may not know a lot about it, but this has a huge impact on how you live in your home, the products that are there, what's available, and frankly, these people spend a lot of time paying attention to what you, the end user, are demanding. They modify products, they introduce new technology, and it's an opportunity really for builders to come together, designers, architects, and engineers, and to see some of the latest technology, products, and maintenance-free items, as well as energy-saving, green, and universal living components that we will be putting in our homes in the future, as well as those that are available right now for us to use on retrofit, for remodeling, and for new additions. And this year, I'm pleased to bring you program and interviews from folks at the 2013 International Builder Show, which is held in Las Vegas, Nevada, this year and for the next several years. Now, this is indeed the largest trade show of its kind in the world, and the word international means just that. This trade show is well represented from manufacturers from all over the United States, Canada, from the Asian countries, as well as from the European countries. And we'll see technology and products that may not be in the marketplace for the next several months, and we'll have opportunity also to talk with some of the folks about what's behind the scenes in terms of designs. I have talked to a few people that you'll hear about later on with products that will not hit the market until next year or maybe a year after that. We also will talk to people on occasion that you will hear that are talking about their research and development, where they gain this information, and how much attention they really pay to us, the consumer, homeowners, in terms of what we need, what we like, what we don't. Now, trends happen to be a big item that they work with, and you often wonder, well, how do they really know what we're going to want next year? Because sometimes we don't know what we want next year. Well, they're looking at everything across the board. They're looking at the demographics. They're looking at who's spending money, who's moving into homes, who's remodeling, the likes and dislikes. They look at how we live in our homes, the size of our homes, the average income of our household. They're trying to cater to all of us. And that's a real task when you think about it because... At any given time, no matter where we are in our life or in our family cycles, we may be looking at something that's at the starter level or the lower end, or we may say the sky is the limit. So for these manufacturers, designers, and engineers, it is a unique challenge. 
And at the International Builder Show, we see products that just run the gamut with all of these. Now, the focus, though, is clearly on builders and designers, architects, and engineers. And one thing I have to emphasize as we talk about the IBS, and I want you, if you're hiring any of these professionals, I want you to ask them. Have they attended the International Builder Show either this year or in past years? Because it's not just about seeing the products that are available here. It's also about knowing how to apply the technology. It deals with building codes. There are classes and seminars and training sessions that are here. So a contractor that's a member of NAHB, the National Association of Home Builders, and their local association, likely to have a lot more information about the technology and the brands and the things that are upcoming than a contractor that's never spent any time at the Builders Show or involved with the NAHB. Now, as I said, technology is certainly big. Green building is big. Being able to help us save money on our operating cost from month to month is huge for all of us. We're looking at water conservation, not just energy. But there's some things out here that we have said we'd like to see in our homes that people are paying attention to, especially this year, sound control from room to room, whether it's a game room, an entertainment area, or maybe just isolating the kid's bedroom from an adjacent wall or a laundry area. We see technology that gives us sound transmission coefficients that are phenomenal in only 8-inch sheet material that goes over studs and behind your drywall. No special knowledge or training needed to install this. It works great for do-it-yourself folks as well as the contractor alike. So the technology is not always extremely sophisticated, but you can go to the other side of that, and you can look at plumbing, for example. We're seeing commodes that now plug into the wall. They have lights. They have all kinds of electronics and computer chips in them. We have bathtubs with lights, with sound, not just the typical whirlpool that you've seen for many years, but they're doing all kinds of things you can't even imagine to help relax us in our home environment. The colors, the styles, the choices are phenomenal. We have manufacturers, as said, from all over the world, brands that you recognize, some that you don't, companies that have been merged. We see companies that are dealing with home ventilation. We're looking at how we get rid of some of the mold and mildew problems that all of us deal with in basement. We have specialty basement ventilation available. So, again, if you have particular concerns or needs or issues around your home, you need to be conveying these to your builder or design professional and have them look into some of these major manufacturers. With all of that said, you also need to lead them a little bit when it comes to dollars and cents. You need to be able to tell your builder or designer that you've got a budget. You need to discuss that with them on the front side. And I know a lot of people really prefer not to talk dollars because they're concerned they're going to influence or direct that professional in that direction. But frankly, if you don't give them some idea of at least where your budget range is, they're not going to be able to communicate properly and talk to you about some of the new technology and devices that I have just discussed in a general sense that they may have picked up on at the International Builders Show. Communication is always key. It's important that you open that and you maintain that and that you're honest and you're up front with them. And I trust that most builders are. And I know in the industry, some have bad reputations. You need to track them down. As I said, you always need to get three bids. And if you're not at a bid stage yet, you're saying, well, that's great, Ken, but I don't have my scope of work. I don't know who I want to talk with or about what. Go out and talk with your neighbors. Talk to the building officials. Talk to people that are going to give you recommendations on companies that they know to be quality companies. Now, they're not going to single out just one. But they will give you several. And from there, make some phone calls, set up some interviews, spend a little bit of time with each of these professionals, and determine at that point who you think is best suited in personality and who you feel comfortable talking about price. You think 
you'll have a degree of trust working together because you must have that, and you'll be able to work yourself through your project if you're doing a negotiated deal. Now, if your project is one that you're saying, I clearly want to have competitive bids on, you still want to go through at least the majority of what I just discussed. You want to narrow it down to three prospective bidders, but you still want to know whoever successful is that you can work with them all the way through the project. Stay tuned. We'll have many interviews on this and upcoming shows over the next few months. And as we move through the year from many of the vendors, we'll bring them back on specialty products and we'll let them help answer some of your questions as well. Very good, and we'll be rejoining Ken shortly. And don't forget, you can always reach Ken the Contractor at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. Or you can email your questions to Ken. Email your questions to our website. That's KenTheContractor.com. I'm Jim Britt, along with Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor, and you're listening to a special edition of Ken the Contractor. Welcome back to this special edition of Ken the Contractor. Do you have a question for Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor? Don't forget, you can always reach Ken at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. And email your questions to Ken at our website. That's KenTheContractor.com. Let's rejoin Ken right now in Las Vegas. You're listening to a special edition of Ken the Contractor from the 2013 International Builders Show at Las Vegas in the Convention Center. Joining me now is Brenda Campbell. Brenda is the Marketing Coordinator for GE Generators. Welcome to the show today. Thank you, Ken. We're happy to be here. Glad you could join us. Now, one of the things we've talked about on this show a few times during this past year when we deal with GE Generators is the combination of GE, a name that's well-known, and another name that's well-known, and that is Briggs & Stratt. Talk to us a little bit about that merger or marriage, if you will, when it comes to standby power. Briggs & Stratton is the exclusive licensee of GE Generator Systems. We're bringing consumers to of the most powerful brands together and marrying them up to give you a powerful standby solution that's reliable and something you can count on when storms hit. So hopefully that helps folks understand when you're talking GE Generators or you're, or you're hearing Briggs & Stratton as part of that, they know why those come together, how they come together, and what they're providing. There is some confusion about types of generating power, whether it's permanent power, Power or it is portable power. Help eliminate some of that confusion because when people think about standby power, more often than not, it's still those portable generators on wheels that as contractors mm-hmm. we've used for years. There's definitely confusion out there. One of the biggest things to keep in mind is portable generators are really a great immediate solution during a power outage. Your standby generators offer more permanent protection during a power outage. Portable generators, they can power a few of those most critical items in your house from refrigerator, TV, some key lights, but you have to keep in mind with a portable generator you need to make sure your placements are far from a home and garage and you also have gasoline for constant refueling. Standby generator on the other hand is an automatic solution. It goes on automatically usually in less than a minute after a power outage. It's hooked up to your home's propane or natural gas line typically which are existing and it requires the homeowner to do absolutely nothing during a power outage. It's a very convenient way to protect yourself from power outages. So this really is the solution for homeowners that call me saying one how do I get this tied back into my panel because mm-hmm. this is taken care of. We'll touch on that in just a moment through the transfer switch and the integrated computer controls and yes. load management. But also, is is this something that I have to fool with every time there's a storm or simple power outage? This is not. This is a permanent install. Exactly. This is
is a sit-on-your-couch solution. <laughs> you don't have to do a thing. So when the power's out within 60 seconds, the TV's back on, the game's on, and you're good to go, and your neighbors the are sitting in the dark. The kids are happy. That's You'll have your family calling to come on over. And your neighbors as well. <laughs> so we touched on just two items, but why should people consider investing in a standby generator? Uh, the power outages are just becoming more and more frequently. Recently, 8 million people in the Northeast lost power due to Superstorm Sandy. It's something that's occurring much more frequently and it's causing a lot of homeowners to really question the reliability of the power grid in general. And as people experience more power edges, it's becoming a more popular option for them to protect their family and to protect their home investment that they have. Well, the power grid's a lot older than I am. I can safely say that. And that is something we have to look at. And I think in many cases we see communities that almost encourage this. And I do believe, having been in the industry for several decades now, that we'll see standby power become as common as refrigerators probably over the next 10 years, especially in certain parts of the country. Now, you're introducing, especially this year, something that brings this generator in line with almost everybody's budget. You have an 8KW or an 8-kilowatt generator that is new and unique. Tell us a little bit about that. The best part about this 8KW is it boasts the smallest footprint in the industry. You're not going to find a generator smaller than this at that power level. It's compact design combined with some convenient placement options. can be placed as close as 18 inches to the home as long as you're monitoring carbon monoxide concerns. And it just makes it a great option for people who have small to medium properties or some of those people that have those tight lot lines that may not have had a generator before. It's compact size and some of the new technology we have coming out also brings it into a more affordable range. And financing options today that we didn't have before really make this an affordable solution for many families out there. Now, for those of you that are saying, I can't relate to an 8KW or 8-kilowatt generator, if you have a 200-amp service, typically you would require a 20KW generator to power the entire house. One of the unique features with the 8KW and some of the other models you have that are certainly less than mm -hmm. 20 is that you have not only the automatic transfer switch, that pulls the power in and out, off the grid, back on the grid, so there's no opportunity to have power coming back through the genset, but also it has a load management system. Tell us how that load management system works. The load management system basically allows you to power more of your home with a smaller generator. So what happens is you realize you don't need everything in your house on at the same time during a power outage. This allows you to manage some of those loads that may not be as important, like your clothes dryer. You don't need your clothes dryer on the whole time. You can manage that load with something else in the home. So what this is doing is allowing you to select the priorities in your home in a power outage. If that TV is critical to you, the TV can come on, a number of other appliances and light fixtures throughout the house as well but you may not have the backup heat. You may choose to have the backup heat and not the TV, but it gives you a great deal of flexibility. And the other thing that I've learned in going to the booth and, and reading some of the literature is that this is now approved nationwide under the NEC, the National Electric Code, and by all building departments. So where years ago there were some issues of putting a gen set on that didn't meet the capacity of your panel, that's out today. This really provides a lot of flexibility. We're speaking to Brenda Campbell, who is the marketing coordinator with GE Generators, Standby Power with Briggs & Stratton. And we want to follow up with a couple of other items, and that would be first, what are some of the main the, the main features or benefits that people can expect from this new unit? From the new unit, you can also expect, like I said, that 18-inch placement. And one of the reasons 18-inch placement is possible is our generators are made of an all-steel enclosure, an all-steel base that help withstand high temperatures better than aluminum and plastic enclosure models. They're also rust-resistant, which are, you know, our concerns for some people on the coast. And it's 
all that durable governance steel, it's the same things that you'll find on your car in the automotive industry. It also comes with a wireless monitor. A wireless monitor adds a lot of peace of mind to the homeowners out there. It's a great value add. It tells you that your generator is working. tells you if your generator is having problems, all from inside your home. You don't have to go outside to check your generator. Just look at your monitor. This is an affordable unit that's flexible, whether you have a 400-amp service in the home, you have a 200-amp, or you simply have a 100-amp service. This may even be a weekend retreat somewhere. Standby power is almost a must for all of us today. If people want to know more about the GE Briggs & Stratton Standby Power, where do they go to get all the information on everything you have available? You can go to www.homestandbygeneratorsystems.com. On there, there's actually a really nice generator selector tool to help you get some ideas on sizing your home, as well as a dealer locator so you can call someone local and help you out. Um, You also can check out homedepot.com for some pricing information. Sounds great. We appreciate you being with us today, Brenda. We thank you for all the information, and we know that this is going to satisfy a lot of people in the marketplace, especially with the new 8KW unit. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Ken. It was great talking with you. You're listening to a special edition of Ken the Contractor. Ken is joining us from Las Vegas this week, where he is at the NAHB International Builders Show in Las Vegas, Nevada. Don't forget, if you'd like to be part of our program, our contact number is 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. And you can email your questions to Ken's website. That's KenTheContractor.com. And we do remind you that at the website, KenTheContractor.com, you'll find a lot of valuable home improvement information. Among the things there, you'll see Ken's toolbox right on the front page. That's some of the most often asked questions that we deal with on the program, whether it's questions relating to roofing, electric, energy efficiency, heating, masonry, leaks, painting, ventilation, buying and selling your home, and much more. It's all right there, very convenient for you, right at our website at KenTheContractor.com. Again, our contact number, 800-614-2975. You're listening to a special edition of Ken the Contractor. Welcome back. You're listening to a special edition of Ken the Contractor. Ken coming to you this week from Las Vegas, which is the site of the NAHB International Builders Show. If you got a question for Ken, you can always reach him at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. And don't forget, you can email your questions to our website. That's KenTheContractor.com. Time now for In the News. And each week, Ken brings us products, trends, tips, and services that are important for you to make informed decisions about your home maintenance, purchases, remodeling, and new construction. Is it possible we're moving towards a seller's market once again? In a recent report... By USA Today, we're seeing new trends in home sales across the country. Clearly, signs of a permanent improvement. Changes in existing home sales in 2012, we're seeing up 9.2%. Total sales versus 2011, including single-family homes, condos, co-ops, were the highest since 2007. And that's not a bad deal if you're thinking about selling your home. Also, change in December median price versus December of 2011. The median existing home price for all housing types rose in December for the 10th straight month. This is a good, solid, steady trend that says there's some stability in home pricing, not only at the base level, but we're seeing some prices in certain parts of the country actually increase. Another good sign is that we're seeing a drop in number of homes available for sale. That means that the inventory is being depleted. When we compare December versus November, there was a 4.4-month supply of homes for sale at the current sales rate, which is the lowest since May of 2005. Low inventory means 
steady prices, possibly rising prices, and a better opportunity for those of you who have been sitting back waiting for that chance to sell your home. And one last important figure in this market swing is the share of December sales that were foreclosures or short sales, so-called distress sales, fell from 32% of all sales in December of 2011 to 24%. That's a pretty big drop. So that means that those properties that have been undercutting the market overall are on decline. Again, a lesser Inventory means a better price for those of you looking to put your house on the market. Pay attention to what's happening in your neighborhood. This applies to national figures, maybe a little different where you live. If you're thinking about selling, check the numbers out first. That's this week's edition of In the News with Ken the Contractor. We'll continue to keep our eye on that very volatile housing market. Don't forget, you can always reach Ken Patterson at 800-614-2975. And also, forward your email questions to our website, KenTheContractor.com. And, Ken, we've got one of those email questions. This email question comes to us from Don in Elkhart, Indiana. Don says, I have a 4-inch submerged pump, deep well, about 100 feet. My water height in the well is 50 feet deep, and he's measured that. Said, I have two check valves in line due to a water leak I fixed a number of years ago. Now, the top check valve is located at the water where it enters the house. Said, I've noticed I have small bursts of air in the line from time to time. Said, I've seen this in the outside hard water faucet and the inside water faucet as well. How's the air being created and where is it coming from? Don, many people have issues with wells. Air in the water line is just one of those. There are several possibilities. Now, I'll offer a few routine problem areas for you or for a professional well driller or plumber to check first. I'm all about going to the simple, to the things that cost the least amount of money, and in many cases, the things that I think homeowners can solve on their own. So this certainly will give you some directions, no guarantee that it solves your problem, but it should give you a pretty good start. First, I want you to check all the faucets, the valves, the washers, the cartridges that you have in your plumbing fixtures, and be sure that there are no leaks. Now, sometimes it may be so minor that you really don't see them, but you need to check thoroughly. I do the same thing on all the fittings around the pressure tank, the water filters, and the softeners. When these go bad, or even when they're loose, they do not seal properly, and air can be drawn into the pipe system when another valve is open. Basically, there's a vacuum action that occurs. If you have perhaps a bathroom that is not used on a regular basis, and yet another one that is, the kitchen sink that is, what you may find is that as you are turning on those faucets that are used on a daily basis, that it is sucking air into the lines from this bathroom that you have forgotten about. Maybe you have one in the basement or somewhere outside that's allowed air to be sucked into that system. Secondly, the submersible pump may need to be lowered in the well so it's sufficiently below the 50-foot static water level that you give me in your email. Now, I recognize you say it's been measured. You know that's where the water is. But if we turn on faucets both inside and out and we have a substantial drawdown in the water line, it's possible that that water is being pulled down to where it's near the bottom of that submersible pump. And it's no different than putting a pump in a bathtub or any place else, a wet vac, trying to suck water up as you remove the bulk of that and you get near the bottom now you start sucking a little air into it so i've seen this happen also with submersible pumps and a third item that's important for you to check is that there may be holes or loose fittings in the drop line in the well or other lines from the well to the pressure tank that's allowing air to enter these are going to be more difficult for you to find this may require you to bring the well driller out or somebody that specializes in dealing with well systems that could include a licensed plumber 
There are other instances where a pressure tank also may be the problem. However, the items that I've identified in the beginning of this response are really some of the most common. And that's where I want you to go first are the most common items. If you don't have any good positive results with that, I'm afraid you're probably going to have to bring a pro out and investigate the well, investigate the pressure tank, and perhaps the pump. There may be some hidden or concealed items that you can't see either. But typically, when I hear this type of an issue from a homeowner, the two or three items that we described in the beginning are the most common and you're going to find some good positive results. Chances are pretty good that you probably have a leak somewhere in a faucet, valve, or gasket, and that's allowing air to be sucked back in that line. Now, there are other instances where air can be formed in those lines, but you're not telling me that the water system has been abandoned or turned off for any lengthy period of time, so I'm not even going to go there. So, Don, we appreciate you listening to us in Elkhart, Indiana. Hi, Ken. I think we can sneak in one quick call as we go back to the phone lines, and it's Ron who joins us. Hi, Ron. You're on the air with Ken the Contractor. Yes. I have foundation vents on my house, and they have uh, slides on them where you can open and close them. Okay. And I have heard from different people say some people, you know, say you need to close them. Some people say you don't. So what are you doing in the winter? Well, you are not unlike so many other folks out there. There are varying opinions. I'll tell you what the experts say that are involved in heating and cooling and insulation. And that is that in the winter months, especially the coldest months where you have potential uh, a, a freeze environment, that those should be closed. You're you're trying to maintain a degree of warmth in any crawl space. Some people listening to us out there have no insulation in a crawl space. Others do, but either way, most crawl spaces have pipes in them. And you're trying to keep those pipes from freezing. In the winter months, you want to close those. That's what the experts, again, in heating, cooling, and insulation over the decades have shared with me. That's what I have always done. And in the warmer months, starting in early spring, you want to be sure you go back and open those. Now, to give you an example of why that would apply and maybe it makes a little more sense, is there are automatic vents that have been on the market for 15, 20 years today. They're not electrically controlled, but they operate uh, on an expansion wire, uh, much like a thermostat does, when and it opens and closes these doors automatically. So when it's cold, it automatically closes the vent. When it's warm, it opens up and it allows air to move through there. So that should tell you a little more about how the industry perceives this as well, the fact that they have these automated vents that close in the colder climate. All right, sounds good. Thank but I, you. But I'd be keeping them closed also. Be sure that the screens and everything around those are solid so you're not getting critters in during the colder months. All right, I'll check that. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Ron. We appreciate it. We've got to take a quick time out. We'll be back with more. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Welcome back. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Ken Patterson is Ken the Contractor. He reminds you, a house is what you build, a home is what you make it. If you have a question for Ken, a question about your home inside or out, you can always reach us at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. Or email your questions to Ken to our website. That's KenTheContractor.com. Now, normally, Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor, is sitting right across from me here in the studio. But this week, he's on the road as he's joining us from Las Vegas. This is Ken the Contractor, and I'm on location at the Las Vegas Convention Center with over a 1,000 manufacturers from around the world at the 2013 International Builder Show. Joining me now is Beth Wozniak. Beth is president of Honeywell. Beth, welcome to the show today. 
Thank you. I'm glad to be here with you. We're thrilled that you could join us today, and I know our audience is most anxious to hear about not only some of the new things that you're introducing this year, but before we do that, we want to talk just a little bit about Honeywell. How long has Honeywell been around? You know, Honeywell has been around since the late 1800s, and we do many different things. And I run the business called Environmental and Combustion Controls, and at the heart of that business is the thermostat. And the thermostat has 125 years of history. Now, that's something that most people, including builders, probably don't know, to take this back 125 years. But we do know refrigeration came in in the 1800s. It wasn't common, certainly in buildings or in homes. But Honeywell started out in the infant stages, really, of conditioning. It really did. And and if you think about, many people recognize that round thermostat that was designed over 60 years ago. And an interesting fact you may not know is that product is in the Smithsonian because it's an example of great function and great design. It tells you, though, that it works, and it has worked for a long period of time. Now, when we talk about time, though, devices have changed. They may serve the same purpose, but the way they function is unique today given the electronics and the sophistication of our heating and cooling systems. What are you introducing that you really want folks to know about this year? Well, a great question because, you know, over the years, you know, just talk about that history. We went from having mechanical thermostats to electronic to digital displays and touch screens. And now what's great about thermostats is they're not just about temperature control. They're about managing your indoor air quality. So if you think about ventilation and humidification, those are all things that your thermostat does. And now thermostats are connected. So it allows you to manage your home's comfort and energy from anywhere that you are at your fingertips. Now, is this something with the new technology that a homeowner can typically install? Is it that simple in many applications, or does it require a professional to come out, an HVAC contractor? Well, we've been in this business a long time, and we know that there's different types of consumers, and there are do-it-yourself uh, applications of, of thermostats, but there's a lot of professionally installed thermostats as well. It just depends on what the homeowner's comfort level is and the level of sophistication. So we really offer that wide range. Now, will there be differences in the performance of the, di- the units installed by the professional versus the DIY thermostats? Absolutely. You know, our most advanced thermostat that we're introducing here at the show today, our Prestige IAQ, that's one that will be professionally installed. And it has that full capability of being able to manage humidity, manage indoor air quality. It has great capability for the homeowner, and it also has a lot of capability for the contractor to be able to remotely monitor how well a homeowner's system is performing. Air quality is an item that has become massive across this country. For whatever reason, people may be more susceptible to allergies today because of air pollution. It just may be our health situation across the country. When we look at this type of thermostat, does it involve a change with systems that are already in place, or can they be modified to work in conjunction with the thermostat to help with that quality control, perhaps unique filters? Well, you know, it really depends. You know, as it depends on whether you have an old furnace system or whether you have one of the newer ones installed. And if you certainly have a newer one, and you should always check with your contractor to know what you have, but this thermostat will easily work with any system. More of the benefits are derived if you have one of the the more newer systems installed in your home. So for many of you that are living in homes across this country, you are likely to be in a household or within a house structure 
that was built prior to 1980. About two-thirds of the American homes were built prior to 1980. That also says that it may be time to be looking at changing. If you haven't already, that old uh, heating system that's there, if you have changed it and upgraded, you may be in one of the more sophisticated units where you can easily adapt that to the new thermostat. We're talking to Beth Wozniak, president of Honeywell, and I want to go to one other item that I know will be important to everyone. What benefits really can homeowners see from installing this smart, connected thermostat in their home right now? Because this is one of those things that's rather instant. We love the instant gratification. Well, a couple things. One, you're going to have a thermostat that's easy to use, that provides you information at your fingertips that you can control anywhere. So think about if you're having a a crazy day and you're not going to get home and your thermostat's set to a certain temperature and and you know you're going to be home late, you can change at your fingertips that temperature. Or let's say you're traveling and you're here at the show and you forgot to set back your thermostat, you can do that as well and save energy. Then, of course, you can manage your humidity and your environment and so create a more comfortable atmosphere for your family at home. And not to mention, you know, these thermostats today, they actually look good. So one of the things that we have with this new thermostat is what we call color match. And if you see the display of this thermostat, you can match the color to your walls, to what your shirt color is, whatever you want. So it's kind of fun and playful, and and people start to see thermostats as a little bit more of a design element in the home. It's no longer just a functional device hanging on the wall then. No. And, you know, if you think about one of the homeowner's biggest items that they need to budget for is energy, and a thermostat can manage half of the home's energy usage and save someone up to a third on their utility bills if if they're managing their temperature and programming it, that's a really good investment to make. And not to mention, you know, all the things that we put in our homes these days, hardwood floors, you want to protect that investment, and that thermostat helps you do that. Where can you buy this unique thermostat? So our Prestige IAQ that we've announced here at the show, you can get through the professional channels, so through one of your contractors, and it's available starting next month. For people who are interested sitting at home listening to us right now, they want to learn more about this, where do they go? They can look at Wi-Fi thermostats, and you will find out a full range of Honeywell thermostats, but you also can call your local contractor and learn more about this product as well. Beth Wozniak, President of Honeywell, we certainly appreciate you being with us today. Thanks for sharing all the data with the folks that are tuned in, and we know they'll be rushing down talking to their HVAC contractors and looking for the new thermostats. Thank you so much for being here. Ken, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Really is remarkable, the uh, smart home technology uh, that just continues to grow exponentially year after year. Once again, Ken is joining us this week from the NAHB International Builders Show in Las Vegas. And, of course, not only this week will he be talking with folks about a lot of the new, different, and interesting things, but he'll also be recording interviews with other folks that you'll be hearing on upcoming editions of the program right here at Ken the Contractor. If you have a question for Ken, you can reach us at any time. Ken's contact number is 800. 800- 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. You can friend us on Facebook at Ken the Contractor. And also, don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at Ken Answers. Do you have a question about your home inside or out? Well, then you can always touch base with Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor. That's going to wrap up this hour of this special edition of Ken the Contractor. But don't forget, every weekend at this time, Ken Patterson is right here answering questions that are important to you, today's home. For Ken the Contractor, Ken Patterson, I'm Jim Britt. Thanks for joining us this week. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. 
You've been listening to Ken the Contractor. Every weekend at this time, Ken the Contractor, Ken Patterson is here taking your calls. Don't forget, you can friend Ken on Facebook at Ken the Contractor and follow him on Twitter at Ken Answers. And if you're looking for home improvement information at any time, go to KenTheContractor.com.